Welcome to Living a Triggered Life Podcast with Keith and Roxanne, presented by The Triggered Project. Find out more information about The Triggered Project, go to www.triggered1.com. We are going to pick up um, pretty much um, where we left off, and we were talking about the last two episodes, we've been talking about how we met, and that is the foundation of our relationship, but there's just a lot of background in terms of where Roxanne was, when we met, where I was, when we met, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, Roxanne? That's a lot of et cetera's. Yes, it is. And sometimes I'm extra, like today. Many times. Okay, good. So let's pick up where we left off. Who's starting, you or me? Um, You can start. Sure, I'll um, start. So when I met you, I was in junior year college. Wait a minute. You're going back, wait a minute. You're going back to the beginning. We left off. You followed me halfway across the uh, across of state and a half from mm-hmm. Providence to mm-hmm. um, follow me up to University of Massachusetts. I did. Amherst, which is really far. If people don't, people you don't understand that this whole area, it's at least almost two and a half hours? Maybe three. Probably three hours. Knew that I was going to be at this party, which is a huge party, jeans and t-shirt party. Big shout out to to UMass. Welcome X Picnic. And knew I was going to be there and said, hey, I want to see you because we've been talking on the phone for, for, for six months. I want to see you and so I'm going to come to this party. Yeah, I remember that. Right. But I want to be able to share what frame of mind I was in to do something like that that was so crazy. Okay, that's cool. But we left off when we had our first kiss and you got goosebumps. And I think you reenacted that for yourself in the moments I was telling you. You love that part of the story. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when you can remember the first time you kiss somebody and they melted in your arms and you melted into their arms right and you got that you got that little like ooh, got like a chill when i could like i had never i never kissed nobody like that and had them do that you know what i'm saying they would usually just fall right down when i would kiss them you know what i mean are you talking about your other women in your life <laughs> they were falling down you sure wasn't any other reason why they were falling down other than you kissing them um i was i mean some people some people have said that um, I have really soft lips. So, or some people say, my man Jones used to say, honey dips. <laughs> Excuse me, it's like glaze. <laughs> so I'm being completely silly. Because mm. um, mm. I was really shy. So. So what are you trying to tell me? Where you want me to start? You can start where you want to start. I'm just saying. I did start where okay. I wanted to start. You know and then what? you interrupted and you, know you just got on this path. And you know what? Talking about melting and honey dips and blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm going to let you do what you do then. Well, I just wanted to be able to say like what frame of mind would drive me mm-hmm. to get in a car with my friend and drive for what felt like it was 10 hours. It wasn't that long, but we were tired and it felt like it was that long. Right. And how excited I was to go and spend time with you. And wait a minute, did you have an idea that I was coming up there? Did we plan that out? Well, you said that you were going to try, but you didn't tell me for sure. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then you were like... Look, I'm coming. All right. So I was real excited telling my friend Abby about him and what I wanted to do. And she was down and she was down for it. 
Well, she had to be because she had a car and could drive and I didn't have a license or I didn't have a car. And just talking about the frame of mind I was in, Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship where I really was making some really bad choices and it was causing a lot of pain and anguish and I was coming with my own pain already. So I went to college with a lot of in pain and suffering. And then I get into this relationship with this dude and um, that caused pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. But what kind of what kind of pain did you carry in? Carry into what? Into college. Oh my god. I don't know if that's something you want to get into right now or if we I mean we're going to talk about it eventually but Yeah. I think that my frame of mind right now is talking about like just carrying from when we met and that okay. moment of our first kiss. Okay. And I think a different time because talking about what pain and suffering I carried into going to college mm-hmm. is going to sort of really change the tone. Okay. Whereas the tone about when we met is like, it's like, wow. Right. I found him. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Okay. I like that. I like that space. Okay. Well, let's let's ride that space. So that was part of the reason why I needed to be out of that relationship. And so one of the things that is very clear in my mind and still remains clear in my mind is I did not know anything about sexual health or sexual development. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm. Zero. What I knew was my trauma. Mm. That's deep. And so I walk into college and I walk into a social situation that I have no idea of. I'm 17 years old and I'm out of state for the first time in my life by myself. Right. And I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And so those first relationships, you know, they become family. They become everything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this bad relationship and I can't get out of it because this is my family. Because mm-hmm. I was coming from a broken sort of family. Right. But I had the wherewithal to know I need to get out of this relationship. It's just going to be really bad. It's going to end bad for me in my life. And then I meet you. So going out and driving that way and continuing to walk into that light that, you know. So this is how I describe that. So this dude, I open the door. He's standing there with his little koofy and his uh, three-quarter trench. Who was wearing a three-quarter trench at that time? Nobody. I'm, st- I'm wearing a three-quarter trench right now. Still, nobody. This Just dude saying. has so much style and flair and personality. But when I opened the door, when I first met him, I swear it was like a light shining, like the sun. You sure I don't have no theme music? No, Chef. Mm-mm-mm. You didn't? It was that time. It was like the era of like great hip hop and R&B and soul. But anyway, it was like a light, y'all. It's hard to explain it, but it was sort of that moment of, and I I recognize it now. I didn't recognize it then. I just was drawn to him and drawn to that light because I've never in my life met a man like this before. I just had to breathe that through. But I was drawn to the light and I went for it. But now as I have been in this relationship for a while, I realize that that light was God showing me a way out of the darkness that I had been living in. I didn't know that back then. And so I went with it. So getting in that car and driving up to UMass Amherst and not knowing one solitary person, there was like 5,000 people at this party. And like Keith said, I didn't know how to dance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so embarrassing to say that out loud and 
knowing that people are going to be listening to this is so embarrassing. But anyway, um, and he's laughing at me. But besides all of that, it was that light that was guiding me to drive all the way to UMass Amherst and not worry about anything because what I needed Keith to know was that I was in. I'm going to say it one more time. I needed Keith to know that I was all in because this was my moment. And that through our ups and downs and everything that's happened in our lives and our relationship, that has always been the foundation. Amen. All the way. Showing you stepped on that dance floor. <laughs> you're a damn jerk knowing your little pretty ass couldn't dance <laughs> that was another moment when you were trying to tell me that you were all in right hey you know what you know what when you I'm make Leo when you make yourself vulnerable look for I some had mad dude, respect I had mad respect because I, I mean at that point like I wanted to be a background dancer you know what I'm saying like that was me <laughs> you know what I mean like I was doing all the dances and then just like flipping them I've always been that way but I was I mean seriously and at that time music was so the music was so dope you know and the DJ was banging I wanted to dance continue to dance all night and I was just dancing circles around I couldn't believe I was like she can't dance wow but she's out here she's out here with me and you know I still try to make an attempt to dance with her <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you know like Will Smith Will Smith is dancing on Fresh Prince some people don't know some younger folks you can look it up and he just starts dancing like that was me <laughs> and I was used to dance with people who could dance the same exact way so you know I just had to slow it down but let me let me say for the let me say this though Roxanne did allow me to teach her how to dance and she can dance. We can go out and, and get it in. You know, she has her own style. I, I have mine. We can dance together and things like that. I can go off and try to spin on my head if I want to and whatever. She knows exactly what to do. She's okay with that. That's love right there. That's love. So now you know, like, a little bit about what got me in that car to drive that distance to do all of that I did. And then that moment in the back seat of I think it was my friend yeah it was my friend's car in that moment you see how we talk about it? we talk about it like it was yesterday it was legitimately 20 plus years it was a long time ago we're talking about it like yesterday like we like like that that shit just happened yeah that's that's kind of how that's kind of how it is and it didn't just happen no Mm-mm. but we know I mean but it's it's you know it's monumental it's it's things to remember like I mean I could I could sit and write about it and it, and I vividly have the, the memory of everything that's happened and how we met and all the rest of that stuff. You know, I can make a movie out of it. I want to write a play about it. You know, I could talk about it on a podcast. It's a beautiful thing when I recognize how much darkness I lived in based on the trauma I experienced. And I'm talking about complex trauma. And then to have to be able to talk the way I'm talking because of a relationship or being in relation to someone else and offering to be vulnerable and being vulnerable and being okay with it. And the end result is, or the outcome is having a blessed relationship with this other person, this man, or as I like to always refer to him, this black, beautiful man. I'm always like, why are you talking about me like that? Cause you don't hear nobody talking about black men like that. That's why. And I want people to understand that there's a beauty in who you are. 
and that beauty I see. Yeah, but I'm caramel. Whatever, dude. I'm just saying specifically. <sighs> fine. That's it doesn't fine. work for me, but fine. No, that's okay. It's just always, I'm always surprised. You're like, my beautiful black husband. I'm like, girl, you ain't got to talk with me like that. You can just say that. I say what I want. You should know this by now. Oh, God. That's true. That's true. And she was, and just side note, firecracker when I first met her. I'm still a firecracker. No, you a tamed fire, firecracker. Still a swear, firecracker. Right out of mouth, like, boom. You know, say, hey, what's up? I just, so, I just like, do it in a different way now. Oh, you, oh, okay. Yeah, quieter way. She was loud. New York, New York accent. You say, hey, what's up? Ro- hey, what's up, rocks? What's up? All right, you're getting off tangent. Check a dude. So that's what was happening. And then we got to that moment. And after that moment, I wanted him to come back with me. I don't even know where I was going. Where was I going? You going back to Providence? Oh. Yeah, I wanted him to come back and he wouldn't. You want to say why you wouldn't come? I wasn't comfortable with that move. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because you thought I was going to take advantage of you? Yes. You're right. Heck yeah, after that kiss, I was like, uh-oh. It was going to go down. I was like, uh-oh. And I was like, I mean, the perfect, I mean, the, a couple things, right? A couple things. I, you know, I, I had come back from Amherst. I wasn't in school that semester and things like that. And I was getting myself together. And I still have, I was still living in my father's house. And I always had respect for him. You know what I mean? Bayesian. So I had respect for my father. And so, you know, for me to kind of like disappear and end up being in Providence and whatever, I was like, that's not a good move. You know, but there was another thing as well is that I just wasn't comfortable, right? It seemed like, oh, well, maybe she just wants to have a, a one night stand or whatever. And I just wasn't, I just wasn't comfortable with that. You know what I mean? It just wasn't, you know, like, oh, maybe she's just going to be a notch under the belt or something like that. And that just turned me off in a basic sense. The thought of that, not her turning me off, but, you know, I, I felt like that I wasn't necessarily ready for that. It wasn't something that I that I can handle. You know, I also was abused by a female and a male and, and the male and the female was actually aggressive. And I think. There's certain times when females have been just naturally aggressive, nothing overtly wrong with that. But I think at times it's it's made me go in another direction. What do you mean by another direction? Say more about that. Run? No. Uh, I just think that I just close up a little bit, get shy, not necessarily lose confidence or anything like that, but just go the other way. After that experience, you were very closed off. You would be open and then closed, open and then closed for a while. I just didn't know what was going to happen. I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel safe. I was completely vulnerable in a lot of situations. I was vulnerable in that situation as well. And I felt, I mean, I felt this great connection with you for sure. But I just, in my mind, I just didn't want to feel like I was going to have relations with you and then nothing would happen from it. You know, I think I think also I had in my mind, you know, I always talk about my grandmother and, and things like that. Both my grandmothers were wonderful, wonderful women. But my dad's mom, Mrs. Maskell, you know, and they say things, you know, when, you're, when, you, when you're raised Bayesian, you're trained. And so there's things sometimes that stick with you. My grandson ain't going to be no Jake alone. <laughs> Mike Keith? Keith? <laughs> Not Keith. Keith? 
Mm-hmm. If you ain't gonna be out there with any women, you, you better be careful, boy. You ain't gonna be the rest of these bitches, man. And I think I was just really confused about that, and I just didn't want to be that type of that type of person. I think that also goes back to my abuser and and, and things like that as well. In terms of how I looked at that person and their, that masculinity, that toxic masculinity. And I was confused. I was confused about it. Who taught you about sex? Who helped you develop your sexual identity? It was forced. What does that mean? It was forced by circumstance. No one ever really had the birds and the bees kind of talk with me. It was like, it was just a whole bunch of magazines and dirty movies that were just kind of around. <laughs> I remember them in your house. <laughs> that's kind of like that's kind of like how it was. You mm-hmm. know, you go mm-hmm. you go you go to different people's houses and things were just left out. It was like, <laughs> wonder why this is left. What's this? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, scratch and sniff. Like, you know. But I think that's that's pretty much how I that's pretty much how I I kind of learned about it. I mean, my mom was always the interesting thing is about my mom is my mom was about respect. And she was always about, you know, making sure that I understood that I just didn't didn't just take take my penis out anywhere <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're little and they take you somewhere and they're just some kids are just peeing out in front of everybody. No, <laughs> my mom was my mom would take me behind somewhere and make sure that, you know, I was private about it and stuff. And she always talked to me about it. She was like, look, don't be just pulling that thing out anywhere and just thinking you can piss it. No, you need to be respectful with that. You need to be respectful with women and how you deal with them. Connie. You know, she was clear. I mean, she was clear about that. She was really clear. And I'm happy that she was clear about that. You got to make sure to wash. You got to be clean. You know, all those things. And that always stuck with me. You know, don't, don't, when you leave the house, make sure you're presentable. Wear some clean underwear. So just in case if you have, <laughs> if you have an, you know, God forbid that you get in an ambulance that, <laughs> that, that your underwear will be clean and the people will know that you're taken care of. Mm. Why did all? Why did things always have to go back to how she gonna look, right? Okay. But that's how they. That's exactly that how. Her, that was her parenting. But that's but that's how it is. That's you what know? was important to you her. You know, that's how it was. Well, you I can't. asked you that question about how you learn these things because I only learned my sexual identity through my trauma. Well, I mean, I. You know what? Thank you so much for asking. That. I don't mean to cut you off. You know, I did. But that also was part of how I learned. Some of that, some of that identity. But you also as well. had some very healthy training and development from your mom, which is what you were just talking about. And um, I don't remember having any of that. Mm, yeah, that's deep. I mean, and I think that I mean there was so much the magazines and all the rest of the stuff that was out there in terms of you know the twenty that were in the bathroom and the other five hundred that was, um, good lord. Um, that was out there that really was I mean that really in some ways I felt like and it's now talking about it now that I see that it wasn't it wasn't completely overshadowed by the things that my mom told me what does that mean it wasn't completely overshadowed because it was so I mean it was so intense it was so intense with well how old were you when you first started seeing that stuff oh my god um, I mean, that really makes a difference if depend on age because you're not supposed to, we're not supposed to see things like that at a certain age. It really sort of pushes our brain to try and process something we have no understanding of. I, I don't remember ever not seeing it, to be honest, whether it was just, you know what I mean, whether it was a Jugs, a Jugs magazine or, or whatever. I don't, I don't remember ever not seeing it. 
Now, you know, for for a certain age, it's really inappropriate because you don't have any way of processing that at a certain age. Right. Right. Well, no, I had no way. I had no way to to process that. I didn't know what the combat zone was. I didn't know. I didn't know some of this. Some some of these. Why are you talking about the combat zone? Because this is some of the some of the language that I would hear, and I didn't know anything. Uh I didn't know what it was. You Mm -hmm. know. Well, you shouldn't have known what it was. No, and that was an area. That was an area of town where there were. there were ladies of the night and strip clubs and, and things like that. Um, that some family members she's come up from other states and you know, frequent, some of them and, yeah, and some used to frequent and and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't. I mean, but so so, I, yeah. I'm asking you these questions because I want to make sure that the audience understands that there's a context here of very what seem like innocent experiences that play a role right. in how we identify and how we see the world. And how we have expectations of partners Mm -hmm. or, you know, sometimes expectations that are not healthy, sometimes expectations that might seem a little healthy. Why or why not? But these are the foundation pieces of the whole name of this podcast, which Mm -hmm. is Living a Triggered Life. Right. Like we're talking about the details of different triggered moments in our life. Right. As well as the details that created a foundation for how we continue to live a triggered life. Right. Except now it's in partnership. Right. 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 And I think that's why I'm asking and that's why we're talking about this. And that's why it's so important because people grow up with these circumstances Mm -hmm. and they just glare over it. Right. They act like it didn't have any impact or it's not going to have an impact on their life. And it is. Right. And it always does. And we got to recognize it. Right. Right. I, I think it's I think it's hard. For, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to, to acknowledge. Uh, I know it was for me to acknowledge what has happened and, and, and things like that. And, you know, what exact what does it really mean? And how is it and, and how does it manifest itself through relationships now? Mm-hmm. Whoever I choose to have them with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, you know, that's that's deep. Mm-hmm. So should we move on from after that? And now we know why. I mean, well, I'll just say now we know why you wouldn't go home with me. So I'll just say that I didn't understand why he basically rejected my advances. And then he was Keith was sort of open but closed at the same time is very confusing for me. Because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was happening. I had never had a man not respond to me. And that was new for me. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to continue to be assertive because I don't really know if he likes me. I liked you. Yeah, well, you wasn't really making it known back then. I, I didn't feel that way. I was very insecure about cause, it. Because I didn't run off to you to, to, to Providence? This would be a great moment if we had people calling in and ask how many people would have been running to Providence. I don't think you understand that context, sir. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Because. So anyway... So that's how I felt. I was very confused about the whole situation and had this strategy and this plan to make sure that this man knew I was serious business. So what'd you do? Because I stayed in, I stayed in, I stayed in Amherst uh, for the for another day and a half or so. Oh well, we drove back home to Providence, and I stayed in touch with you, and we continued to talk. The beginning of our relationship was really about talking. No, you I'm, miss him. What did I miss? You know, I got bad memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you missed. So you went back to Providence, but where'd you end up the next day? I don't remember. Oh, back here, back in Massachusetts. I showed up looking for you, didn't I? 
Mm-hmm. Got on the bus, had some idea of where he lived, but didn't really know where he lived, but was on the bus. This is what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I needed to make sure that he understood what was happening here. So I got on the next day, I got on the bus. I came to Massachusetts. So let's, put, let's put this together. So she drove three, they drove three hours in the middle of the night, party ended at two or three, drove back to Providence those three hours. I was sleeping in a dorm with my boys, and then she got on a bus and went to Massachusetts from Providence, which is about an hour old to get to my house, about an hour and a half. So I didn't really know where he lived. And I only kissed her. And I got on a bus in Cambridge and found my way to his neighborhood, and I met this young man on the bus. Well, there weren't a lot of black people around that neighborhood. So the fr- I didn't see any. I saw, I don't know why you're looking at me. This is my story. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I got to, there was, there was nothing but black families in that. Not on the bus? No, not on the bus. You yeah, should... that's what I'm talking oh, okay, about. Okay, I'm sorry. You see how he be getting all up on me? Like he can't just wait a second, y'all. See that? Anyway, so I got on a bus. There Mm. were not a lot of black people on the bus or Mm. on the way to that neighborhood. Mm. And I did see one brown brother on the bus. And I said, hmm, I wonder if he knows Keith. So I said. How stereotypical is that? (laughs) (laughs) I saw one dude, one black dude say, yeah, you know this black dude named Keith? So I said, I'm sorry to bother you. Brother. Do you know this guy named Keith? Keith Maskell, that's his name. Do you know him? He lives around here. And the brother just looked at me. Big smile on his face, dancing eyes. Like, hmm. He said, yeah, I know Keith. I said, can you tell me where he lives? Can you take me to his house? I think I told him that I was with him the night before. I might have told him something like that and that I had come to see him and I wanted to see him. And this brother just looked at me like... He didn't know what was going on. It was, to him, he was like, is this chick crazy? Like, I don't know who she is, what's going on? And he said, well, you'll have to come with me to my house. Was he going to meet you, play basketball with you, right? I was still in Amherst, I don't know. Oh, that's right. He said, you'll have to come with me to my house. I have to do something. Um, And then I'll take you and show you where he lives. So this dude took me to his house, met his mama. I was like, hi. How you doing? (laughs) Little did I know who he was in Keith's life. And he did eventually take me to his house. When I got to Keith's house, his father answered the door. Oh, God. But Keith wasn't home. That was interesting. I had a rose for Keith. And he let me. Didn't he let me put it on your bed? I think he did because that's how I knew your room was a mess. Hot ass mess. Just sneakers everywhere. (laughs) And close. And he was like trying to ask me questions and smiling and whatnot. And I think he called you, didn't he? Yep. And he told you, what did he tell you? Yep. He was like, Keith. I was like, yes, dad. What's up? What you, what's up? What's going on? He's like, hey, um, someone's here to see you. And I was like, someone's in my house? Because we were in Beijing where no one came to the house, especially if they were young people. They never came over to visit or anything like that. They always go to the backyard. They never came upstairs in the house, never been to my room. Unless it was like supervised or whatever. And I was like, who the heck is in my house? And he goes, some girl named Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Oh my God. My dad. And my dad was just, I'm sorry, but 
this is just straight I'm just keeping it straight 100 my dad was a boob guy and so I was like oh my god and so he put her on the phone and I was the first thing I asked I was like oh my god did he stare at your boobs (laughs) and she said he said hi to my boobs he didn't say hi to me he said hi to my boobs (laughs) and I was horrified oh dad I was horrified I said oh my god but she was like she was like I left something on your bed I left something on your bed for you and I was like what but I thought it was really sweet I was like wow this girl just drove across the earth to be to see me at this party and then she ends up at my house like what the heck is going on like wow this is special oh didn't I tell you that um, I met your friend Steve which is how I got to your house right 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 yeah big shout out to Steve because Steve's still like you know one of our best friends things like that but yeah it's like <laughs> i was like you as asked some random dude and just happened to be steve steve took it to his house <laughs> didn't know you from anything we gotta bring steve on the show and have him talk about that experience well you know what we, we'll bring steve on what we'll do is we'll bring steve on and and, and ask him how he's experienced our relationship that right? would be bomb, just knowing yeah. just knowing our past and and things like that that would be really interesting yeah he's um, been there since the very beginning yeah, since the, yeah, he's been he's been with us since uh, since the beginning. So it's interesting to see how how other people, um, you know, view us. You know, the way we interact and and how we interact here is how we interact all all the time. You know, we can. I think we're a little tame compared to what we can be like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not my usual self, so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's a story. Another story for another day. Um, wow, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. So yeah, she left a rose. She left a rose on my bed, but I didn't know, really know what it was. But I was horrified because she met my father, and I was horrified because I was like, "There's no way she went into my room because it was it was a hot ass mess. No question, no question." And it's not like I had. I, the thing about it is, is it's not like I didn't have or I hadn't had experiences with women that were really nice to me or aggressive to me or should really show me a lot of love. Cause I, cause I did for sure. I just don't think that, um, I was ready for it, that I could really appreciate it. Um, at the time, which is sometimes kind of, kind of sad as well. Cause I really would have loved to ex- just been able to experience, um, that and, and possibly have, you know, a real kind of a meeting, meaningful relationship uh, with a couple of folks um, in high school for sure. And um, but I guess that's just how things things happened. I did get experience some of it, but not as much as not as much as as I would have liked just because, you know. I went the other way. What do you mean you went the other way? Well, some folks were, you know, really were were wonderfully aggressive and lovingly <laughs> aggressive with me. <laughs> and mm. I, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, my God, like just beautiful moments. But I didn't really know, you know, when I was kind of in sort of a relationship and kind of sort of in something and I didn't know how to deal with it. You know? So you're talking, see, but you're talking about trust, right? Be feeling like you can trust because that's what it sounds like I don't know I don't know what to call it to be honest with you I don't know if it, I didn't trust myself I don't know if I didn't trust them I just didn't feel I, well you know what I just didn't feel safe yeah, right so what you're saying, so you're saying trust. That you trust yeah I just didn't yeah. trust the situ- I just didn't trust the situation 
you know, I think, of course, being triggered. Multiple situations. Right. Being triggered in the situation and then trying to be able to like to try to like enjoy it and, and things like that. Like it was just too it was just too complex, even though I really, you know, with one of the situations, I really, really had some strong feelings. You're talking about a girl that you were with mm-hmm. in high school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really strong feelings. Uh, but I just it just didn't it just didn't work out in the way that that I wanted it to. And I mean, the really the beautiful thing about it is that I had to go back and and talk to her about it, you know, because she she really put herself out there to show this love for me. When did you have to go back and talk about it? You're talking about back when back then? No, like last three years, four years. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Maybe did, why did you have to? Well, I felt like. I felt because she always was hurt by it because she felt like I didn't really that I didn't like love her back or that mm-hmm. that, that she had felt rejected when she was being a hundred percent vulnerable mm-hmm. and she really wanted me and she wanted me to be her first and and all, you know this she had such a special place for me mm-hmm. we had such a great connection and I and I felt like I owed it to her. How did you reconnect with her? Um, I don't remember social media. I just called her. I think mm-hmm. I had her I think it was social media or something like mm-hmm. that and whatever. And I called and I said, look, I need to talk to you. Well, actually, when I was I was in therapy, I started mm-hmm. therapy and started really talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I definitely can look back at some of the relationships that I had. And, you know, like I didn't handle things always the best way. Yeah. You know, and so I felt like I wanted to go back and have conversations. I want to go back because I didn't tell I didn't tell them what happened to me. And you saying them, you're talking about this particular individual. Yes. Well, I didn't tell I didn't tell the young women that I that I was that I was kind of with. I didn't really talk about what happened to me. That's I didn't not talk about uncommon. The, I didn't talk about the abuse and things it, like that. That's and, not an uncommon thing. I mean, no. I've been your wife for a while and I was with you for a while. And you didn't even tell me, really. I mean, I knew about the female perpetrator. Right. But there was a lot that you didn't tell me. Yeah, I was just, you know, this whole, you know, it was a whole thing about being silenced, you know, with don't tell people your business and, and things. And I just didn't, I didn't talk about it. But I needed to talk about it. And I felt like I owed it to them to talk to them about it. But to one specific person, I really felt, felt like I really owed it to her to talk about it. Well, you know, I think that's really important. And maybe we leave that for next time mm-hmm. and talk about that because that is a really important relational thing that you did. Right, right. And then we'll bring it back and we'll continue the story. But thank you for listening to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith and Roxanne presented by The Triggered Project. To find out more information about The Triggered Project, go to www.triggered1.com. And remember, you're no longer surviving, you're thriving, and you learn that.